Welcome everybody, and we are on a special episode of the Rock Show. We're out on sea. Uh, we're at Bobby and Diane Steele's uh, boathouse. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. Good. Awesome. good. Rock and Mike, how are you doing today? We're doing good. Doing good. I'd like to thank you both for being on. Um, this is the ocean edition of the, of the Rock Show. Okay. Something we've been planning for a few months now with you guys coming on, so I'm glad you're here. Um, Bobby, you know, you've been around for a long time. And um, yeah, don't I, age me now. No, no. Well, <laughs> I just turned fifty, so I could be a long time too. But, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you know, you, you know, you've had a long career, and uh, you, you know, you're, a, you know, New York legend in so many ways. Yeah. But part of what, what I wanted to do here is kind of like show a different side. You know, and I hope we could do that a little bit. Yeah. No, nope, over here, this side. <laughs> the good side of you. Okay, so we're going to go back a little bit. We're going to talk about some stuff maybe a lot of people don't know. Um, you grew up in New Milford, right? Yeah. Okay, New Jersey. New Jersey. All right. Now, what was it like maybe your first few years um, in that town growing up? Oh, wow. You're talking like... <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, that was, uh, you know, I, I pretty much, you know, I, my brother was in, you know, was in school, so I was kind of on my own a lot of the times so, with, you know, just me and my mother, and so right. she, she kind of like, you know, would have friends over, so I kind of got to like run, run around the neighborhood pretty well. So you, you know, ran so. amok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was adventurous, you know. Yeah. I would, you know, I'd get, yeah. you know, I had, a, I had, you know, my fire engine, and I would like. Be scooting all around. There was like this, you know, this apartment project, you know, behind our house. So I, you know, go wheeling all around in there and everything. And you know, there was really nothing to be to be worried about. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, my mother once told me a story that you know, that one time, you know, I was just like wandering around the neighborhood, and some lady came up to me and and said, "Little boy, you shouldn't be by yourself." And I was, I just like looked. I said, "I'm going home." Now, when did you know? When did music become? A big thing for you was it was it very early on or, or did it take a your teen years when did when did that happen well my parents were like into you know into music a lot you know like you know they always like in the morning when we were having breakfast we always had the radio on so it was always like you know the mca good guys harry mm -hmm. harrison cousin sure. brucey cousin people brucey. like that yeah. Yeah. so you know so the music was always there murray the k right you know? the good guys yeah, yeah. You know, so, so you know Jack. Right. i remember like usually like you know sunday evenings like you know waiting for it sullivan to come on we would just be you know putting records on the phonograph right you know stuff like that so you know there, there was like you know all that kind of musical you know influence going on all the time and then, of course, you know, uh, the Beatles came on TV. Changed everything, right? Wow. That just like, yeah, of yeah, course, that, of course. That, that did it, it. Is that where they came on? When they came on, they did that whole thing. Like they come out off the plane and stuff, and they were introducing them. Well, they, they that was earlier, I think, in yeah. the week. It was, a whole, yeah. it was a whole week of the Beatles yeah. arriving. All right. They were, you know, the media was building it up and building it up. And finally, it was it just, you know peaked on a Sunday night on yeah, Ed Sullivan sing, and everybody got to see them. Yeah, Ed yeah, Sullivan, that's what it was. I remember hearing a story one time that the New York Post had a, a little picture of a beetle in the corner and it'd be like, you know, 10 days to the Beatles come or 9 uh, days yeah. to the Beatles come oh, yeah, every day in the paper. But, uh, well, talk about the Beatles. I mean, you know... You he actually a, you heard know, them. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> you, have a, you have a great story that, you told me one time That was a big influence, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, you know, I, I somewhat lucky we were at the World's Fair and, uh, it was that that, that night the Beatles were going to be playing at Chase Stadium. So 
when we left the World's Fair, my father pulled the car into the parking lot at Shea Stadium. We rolled down the windows and we listened to the Beatles. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, that was, you know, that was impressive. That's true. I sure. think we heard them better than the audience. I think them. you didn't have the scream in front of them. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. probably hear yeah. a little bit. Yeah. You know, Early so is tailgating. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's great. Did you hear the whole thing or just part of it? I or? think just part of it. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, you know, the next thing I, I can I can recall was uh, I had really, some really good friends that lived down the street from us. And uh, their, their father was a truck driver for the Daily News. And right. he, had, he had gotten uh, tickets to uh, Ed Sullivan when the Dead Park Five were on. Wow. And wow. He, managed, he managed to meet them. And because he was a truck driver and of course at that time they were getting ready to do a tour they were going to need a bus driver right. and he had the, the commercial license they hired him to be the bus driver so from that point on whenever they went to the New York area they stayed at his house so I can remember like you know us like you know playing stickball in the street with them and you know stuff like that so you know we really have like this this very like unique like set of experiences that mm -hmm. you know to, you know to rock and roll and stuff so it, you know it, it meant a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's your childhood. And, yeah, and yeah. So, like, like all of us, really. Um, when did you start playing guitar? Officially, I started when I was 13, just about 14. Okay. I bought my first guitar when I was seven, and it was a cheap guitar, cheap acoustic, so it was hard to, you know, fret. So yeah. I kind of, like, set it aside, and, <laughs> you know, it was, wasn't until I had, like, the surgery on my spine mm -hmm. that I was kind of, like, laid up for a while, and... Right. Um, my mother's best friend's son would come over. He had been taking guitar lessons. He started showing me a few things, and it just kind of it just grew out of that. You know, like I was saying, you've had a long career, and and but you've had a disability for your whole life, basically, yeah. right? Um, I didn't know for the first like I don't know nine, ten years what it was that I had one. No, it didn't stop <laughs> no. you. Didn't no, stop I just, you. no, I just remember at one point, so, you know, we were you know we had a swimming pool in our backyard, right? And one of the kids there came up to me and said. What's that on your back? And I was like, what? And they, they said, you've got this big scar on your back. Yeah. And so I went to my mother. I said, what's, what's this on my back? And that's when she told me that I was born with spina bifida. Spina bifida. Wow. Yeah. So they, they did that operation on you when you were an infant, probably, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I think I was 18 months old when they did that. Right. And um, then, then uh, we had moved to Hawaii for a brief period. And there I contracted polio. Wow. Wow. And so, you know, and then again. How old were you when that happened? Uh, seven. Wow. And again, it took a couple of years to like realize that I had it, you know. Yeah, yeah it was me me and my younger brother both, both had contracted it. I got it a little bit worse than he did. Was it from water or what would, like being in, in something? How do, how do you get polio? I don't really know. I just got it, man. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know how you I get that either. Or anything. I just... Wow. You know, it just, it just happened that, you know, it's, you know, it had been eradicated here, but, you know, it was, you know, there was still like a strain of it, like, you know, in, you know, in the Pacific that yeah. hadn't been identified yet. And so for a couple of years, they were taking us all different doctors and specialists trying to figure out like, you know, why me and my younger brother were like limping. And this one doctor kind of like came up with the whole, you know, hypothesis is that, you know, it was, you know, you know, some kind of strain of polio that would cause like some partial weakness in my leg and, right. you know, stunted the growth of my leg. Right. Wow. Now, you had to wear braces on your legs at some point, right? Not at that point, though. No. That was when I had the surgery in my spine, when I had the tumor in my spine removed. Right. And that left me partially paralyzed, and that's when I wore a brace. Right, mm. right. But you took the name Steel. Got the name Steel off from, the brace. From the steel braces, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> it's, you know, it's a great example of taking, it, taking something like, and turning it around and make it a positive thing. Yeah, if that never happened, happen, who would I be? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's cool. So, um, let me ask you a question. What was your, um, what influenced you into being in the music business? What made you say, I want to do this as the a Beatles. career? Just was the it the Beatles? Beatles? Just wow, Beatles. just yeah, the Beatles? See, seeing the Beatles thing and just like seeing like, you know, what it, what it did for them and everything. And like, you know, this was a way that you, that you could like, all right. So, um, what other bands, I mean, in the 60s, other than the Beatles, might have been a big influence on you? Well, they know it's the Dave Clark Five. Dave Clark. Um, Some people forget how big the Dave Clark Five really yeah. were. They were they were like almost as big as the Beatles at one point. Yeah. You know, even, a lot of hits. Yeah, even even slightly the Knickerbockers. Yeah, the Knickerbockers. They were like from the next town over. And one time I was... Yes, going, the I was, Jersey band, right? I was, I was going up into Bergenfield. There was like, there was a couple of... There was like a whole like... Like street there, of like stores, and I was heading up that way, mm -hmm. and I would just like cut through some through one of my neighbor's backyards to get into into Bergenfield and walk up the street. And at the end of the street, across the street, there was this house that had a flat roof on the garage, and they were playing up there. They were just like just jamming. Up and I, I was just like, you know, wow. this is just like crazy. That's, that's you know? awesome. So that's you know, awesome. it was just just like all these like little things that just kept saying to me, you know, like you know, this is what I love. You know, then I think I was about ten or eleven. My parents took me to. Uh, um, Palisades Amusement Park. Sure. And we got caught in the crush of people that were that were crowding around this limousine that was that was working its way through the crowd. Really? And I got I got pushed up against the car and the window rolled down. The guy reached out and shook my hand. <laughs> and my either my mother or my father said, Who is that? And I just said he was on Ed Sullivan. And years later, I realized it was Keith Richards. Oh my oh God! My oh my God! So, God. Just all these little little things, That's you know, great. just 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 kept like you know happening in my life and stuff. So um, it was it, it was like really, a sign. Yeah, it was it's just like, something that was always in, you know. Yeah. It was in my blood, you know. It was something you know I oh, really yeah. you know always dreamed of. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now, one thing you've had through your whole career is this horror vibe thing. Yeah. Okay, and I love it. I mean. Uh, if I could just tell a little story quick, all okay. right? When I was about 12 years old, I'm not trying to date anybody here, okay? 12 years old. Uh, <laughs> I was a, a horror fanatic. Yeah. I was I was the kid, remember in Salem's Lot, the kid that makes the Aurora models, the day, the no. glow-in-the-dark model? Yeah. I, I was that kid, uh, yeah. okay? I made you know, Planet of the Apes models. Uh, and wow. All I watched was horror movies. And a friend of mine, who was about maybe two, three years older than me, he gives me a, a, a mix cassette of, of misfit stuff, okay? Oh, wow. And that, you know, because of the, the whole horror thing, I just was like, this is just amazing, wow. you know? So I've been a fan forever, okay? Wow. Just, want, just want to tell wow. you that. Thanks. And it's just an honor to be even sitting here talking to you. Yeah, because you know? when, I, when I heard the description, they could describe, um, like, especially your, your, your career, it's like um, horror, horror punk. Kind of, yeah. Hardcore. You know, cause um, that's why I'm shocked. There's the Beatles, cause but you're doing punk music and <laughs> but, rock and roll. So how, how does that mix with the Beatles? It's, it's a, but, that, but that's <laughs> rock and roll. Rock and roll. Rock and roll that's, yeah. that's, that's a theme yeah. I always had yeah. on the show, Rob. Is it? Is, it's all rock. And it's roll. all rock and roll. You, yeah. Go, there's a straight yeah. line from the Beatles to the Ramones to the yeah. Misfits to you know everything. The Undead, everything you guys do, it has throwbacks yeah. to that stuff. Yeah. I mean, especially with the Undead. I yeah. mean, you guys, Musical, you guys you know, do we, like. A, 50s, 60s pop stuff, yeah, kind of, yeah. it's great. We use a lot of the same chords, yeah. you know, yeah. more progressions. Yeah. yeah, the chord progressions, yeah. sound, yeah. yeah, just a little heavier, Yeah, that's all. Exactly
obviously we all know by the late 60s, early 70s, rock and roll was changing. There was so many, you know, branching off in so many different yeah. ways. Uh, one guy that I know that, that, that both of you love, and you just saw him the other night, was Alice, Alice Cooper. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how'd you get into Alice Cooper? I was actually um, working at a, at a radio station. Really? I was 16 years old, and, and uh, I, I got a job like working at a radio station and handling the, the request phones. Okay. And I, I had a 6 o'clock to midnight shift. Right. And um, that's just, just when School's Out came out. Well, it's about 72, right? Yeah. 73, 72. And, uh, you know, that was like first time I ever heard Alice Cooper. They played it, you know, the DJ played it once. Yeah. And I just like love that song. That's an anthem. It was total anthem song. So what I started doing was anytime somebody called up and requested an Osmond Brothers song, I put a check <laughs> next to school. I put a check next to school's house. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I, I wanted to see that go off the charts, and I, I actually, I actually, you, from that radio station, I got like an autograph it. from Alice Cooper. Yeah, the really? State, yeah, the radio station. Wow. They got like this promotional thing from Alice Cooper that was autographed, and they gave it to me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Alice, Alice just played the other night. You, you saw him. Yeah. And he's he's, he's yeah. so amazing. great, right? So yeah. He's amazing. I mean, yeah. yeah. I gotta tell you guys a story. So. <laughs> It was in school. I'm in sixth grade, and I brought a radio, and yeah. I broke into the principal office in the PA. Last day at school, I brought school's out for some, and everybody <laughs> fucking went, everybody went eight shit, and I got into so much, I got into so much problem. I was like suspended for like the first week of the next week. I, it was, it was, it was it, worth but it was worth it. But everybody remembered me. School's out for guys. <laughs> In the PA, I was just with him. School's off on summer. Wow. Wow. Yes. <laughs> it was insane, man. You, I never told you that. No, story, you but, never told me that. Oh one. man, my mother. Oh, she took all my al- she never took all my albums, yeah. so everything. They were all locked in. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't listen to anything. I was like, oh man. School's out for summer. I mean, you know, that's a that's a timeless that's a timeless yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> you, um, you ever done something like that in school that just got you like? Everybody knew this guy. This guy's—he's yeah. going to be something because he's just out of his mind. Which is like so different from everybody else in the school. Yeah, that was yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the same way. Yeah. I mean, I was just a weird kid. You know, yeah. it's, that's all right. Same here. Yeah, yeah. that's good. But, you know, I'm the kid everybody thought was not going <laughs> to do anything with himself. Yeah. You know. And so now you know Alice Cooper again. You know, rock and roll was 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 changing. Now we were getting into the '70s. Uh, Punk was starting, 74, 75, yeah. 76. What were some early bands that you were into maybe from then? New York Dolls was like the sure. earliest, you know, sure. when they came out. Everybody cites that, that, yes. that, You know, that just like really like blew my mind. You know? Yeah. You know, I, you know, there was that whole big hoopla about them. I think it was a Halloween show. It was like all over the news and everything. And that got my attention. And then I saw them on uh, the Midnight Special. Right. And just like seeing Johnny Thunders, the way he dressed, the yes. way he looked. Nobody just like looked the whole like that. Thing. Wow. You know, he was just like, I mean, he was like the new version of Keith Richards. Yeah. You he know, was, he just like took that yeah. all the, the style, the sound and everything, and he just took it to, to the next like level of rawness. Well, you know, if I can give a good analogy, yeah. you know, Rick Rivets, yeah. okay, who started the New York Dolls with Arthur Kane, um, he just said he looked like... Keith Richards on steroids. Yeah. With, with, yeah. with that with that hair. Yeah. Okay, and that outfit. Yeah. I mean the guy was amazing. Yeah. Totally influential. Um what about things that were going on uh 
you know, the Dolls. What about like, uh, you know, the Ramones, 74? Uh, that was, was, that, was that stuff you were you that, were listening to? That a lot, was the next right? thing when I heard the, when I heard the Ramones. The first thing I ever heard was uh, "I Want to Be Your Boyfriend" off the first album. Yeah, yeah. it really blew my mind because you know I had a different impression of what punk rock was. Right. And to hear "I Want to Be Your Boyfriend," which is was just such a like a slower love ballad, song. Love, ballad, a ballad, it was a ballad, yeah, yeah, and it ballad. just you know. And when it got to the you know, and it got me. But what really got me was like when it gets to the last chorus, and they were all going. Ooh, I, I was just like, this is like yeah. the Beatles all over exactly. again. Exactly. They, yeah. they, they, it was the same influences yeah. that you grew up yeah. with. Okay. Yeah. So I really, you know, I, I was just like hooked on the Ramones from that point. Of course. Saw of course. Them quite a few all times. Are. Definitely. Ramones were definitely great. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, that was like 74, 75, 76 was when yeah. that album came out. Oh, by the way, I Want to Be Your Boyfriend was almost given to the Bay City Rollers. Really? Yeah. I don't wow. know if you ever knew that. Yeah. No, I never They knew wanted that. to record it, and I think Johnny Ramone squashed it. Wow. Something like that said, nah, he gave us that to it, you know? Uh, yeah, that would have been, who knows? Yeah. You know? But, uh, what, okay, so what made you decide to get into... To play punk I mean like You like the Ramones And so you really wanted to go In a similar direction yeah. Right Okay Now Before you were in the Misfits Yeah What were you doing Were you playing in a band I was like in You know mostly cover bands For right. a while You know I was I was in one band That was uh, that, that was Doing really well Like you know Playing like you know the, the high school dance circuit and everything and we were I mean we were making like you know two thousand dollars a night wow so you know it was wow. just, good money then it was comfortable yeah. and then you know I left that band and I, you know I played in a couple of different you know punk bands before getting into the Misfits mm -hmm. and uh, you know when I when I you know went to audition for the Misfits and I heard you know the the Bullet EP yeah I was just like you know this, the, you know, this has the energy, this has the rawness that you I knew really, it was the right, really so, right thing to get involved with. So, yeah, yeah. you know, so I, I, you know, I, I took that and went with that for, you know, a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's cool. Um, talk about the Misfits for a minute. I mean, uh, just one minute. Yeah, one minute. One minute. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll jump ahead because yeah. everybody knows the story. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been told a million times and, uh, my opinion, you play on their best stuff. I think a lot of people share that opinion. I mean, some of the stuff, you know, the horror business EP, uh, Three Hits from Hell, uh, Beware. I mean, so much of that stuff is classic. Yeah, very okay. classic. That's like... But... That you, Static Age, which static, I didn't play oh, Static Age? Yeah, I didn't play on that one, but that's... Okay, yo, Static Age is great. Yeah, I mean, you were yeah. at the beginnings of all yeah. that, though. I mean, so you definitely had influence. Um... Doyle replaced you. Yeah. Okay. And I think what a lot of people in the mythology of the Misfits kind of think that you and, and Doyle are not friends, but that's that's quite the opposite. Totally <laughs> the, the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. So people people for you know for a few decades pitted us against each other. Right. But when we finally like got to sit down and, and you know when when that whole settlement came together in '95. Right. There was a whole dispute over like the. 12 Hits from Hell era right. stuff, you know, and so Jerry said, well, you and Doyle are going to have to battle it out on who played on what tracks in order to, you know, split the royalties. You were both in the studio recording at the same time, that, when you did? When well, you... No, we were at separate times. So, separate times. So, okay. he figured that was going to take a long time, that would delay me getting any money, I think. So, uh, I just 
got hold of Doyle, and I said, okay, listen, let's both just like write down what songs we think we played on. Anything that we both claim, we'll just split the royalty on it. And okay. Doyle said, sounds good to me too. Okay. So we did that. Sounds fair, right? And we had it settled in a couple of days. Uh huh. That, that was that, you know? And yeah. since then, you know, you know, I you know, only heard good things, you know, like, I heard that like, when I got kicked out of the band, and Doyle, and they told Doyle that he was replacing me, he told them they were crazy. Really? He said, yeah, that was a bad move. He said, if nothing else, have both of us play. But have two, have two yeah, but, guitar players. But yeah. don't get rid of Bobby. You know, Doyle was the one that was like still pushing for me. Yeah. And, and still is. And still, and still is. is. Still sure. is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you guys played together last year on yeah. that, uh, at the, uh, the, chance. the chance, and yeah. that was that was an amazing shot. Was yeah. there for that, and uh, yeah, I mean, so that whole thing about them not getting along, people yeah. forget it. It's not true. It's yeah. not true. Sorry, folks. He's a class act. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 1980, you left the Misfits, right? Yes. Okay. Now you pretty much started the Undead right away. Yeah. At that point, you pretty much had that going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a guy named Chris Natz was on bass, right? Yeah. And Patrick Blank, right? Yep. On drums. 82, you would release Nine Toes Later. Yes, on Stiff Records. On Stiff Records. Stiff Records. Now, why why is it called Nine Toes Later? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had been in a, in a, um, a subway accident in 1980 yeah. and um, didn't realize it, but I, I guess I had a small fracture on like one of my toes. And doing a lot of walking around was making that bone constantly like, move around and irritate for me. Yeah. From inside, I kept I started getting like external sores on the foot, mm -hmm. and uh, eventually became like really badly infected, and they they had to amputate the toe, and uh, it was like right in the midst of recording the EP that became Nine Tools Later, and uh, it actually took me a long time to to, to get what the pun was, but it was yeah. actually Nats' suggestion. Why don't you call the album? Why don't you call, call the record Nine Tools Later? Not <laughs> not realizing that like it was a play. On years earlier, the band ten years after, ten years after, had yeah, put yeah. out an album called Undead. Oh! <laughs> Did not know that. Yeah, wow! It's, it's a, I mean, it was years later. All of a sudden, it was like a light went on in my head. I said, "Oh my god!" He never, he never said it at the time. He never told me. No, he oh, never said it to that's me. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I gotta tell you something. When I saw the van and, and the undead plate, and he came out. Yeah. It was like see Hulk Hogan to me. <laughs> it, was, it was like see Hulk Hogan coming, kind of like yeah. I was, I was ready to rage. Bobby's, Bobby's the man. <laughs> yeah, Come on, he's the man. That's the way. It looked a lot better coming out of a hearse yes, than it does it on a mini. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I missed no, that. No, but I just, I just, I just, I just saw it. the lights. I said, this yeah. is yeah. awesome yeah. right here. It was like the, the you know, it was yeah. great. But coming out of hearse, I wouldn't run. Feet don't fail me now. <laughs> oh, man. Now, you know, 82, you released Nine Toes Later. Now, this was the beginning of uh, of hardcore, pretty yeah. much, in, in New York at that point. Yeah. And California and all that was becoming a scene. Um, you were playing A7 a lot, right? Yeah, um, A7. So what was what was that like? Give me a little, give a little. Well, it was you know, it was kind of a hole in the wall. It was really yeah. like almost like a speakeasy at that point. For like people that don't know, a, A7 is now called Niagara on the corner yeah. of Seventh Street and Avenue A, but it was right a little hole in the wall place called A7 where a lot of punk bands, hardcore bands, yeah, kind of the next generation of punk got started. I know Bobby played there a lot. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, what it was was, you know, I'd started the Undead, right? You know, at that point, 
you know, I was I was on the outs with you know the the established punk you know clubs and stuff. So I like figured, Max's and, yeah, yeah, Max's, CBGBs. So I figured, okay, well, you know what? I'll just like stop. You know, I just kind of glibly I said, you know, well, I'll just start my own scene. And yeah. you know, I knew there was there was this this bar there. I knew like you know. You'd, you'd, there was like you know like jazz bands and yeah. stuff like that. No, they had all there. kinds so, of music. You know, there, it was yeah. you know, and it was it usually didn't get get any really any kind of a crowd there, but I went in there and I talked to the owners and uh, sold them on having us come you know come and play there and we, we we played and I really really like did a lot of flyering and pushing you know for that first show and we got about eighty people that first night. Wow! And it it just and it, it really you know it really exploded after that. You sure. Know, that suddenly sure. like A seven you know within like a couple of months, A seven was like kind of like the like secret place to go to you know like you know even like people from Saturday Night Live started like coming down there and yeah. Hanging wow. I mean as as, yeah. a, as a teenager I got in a few yeah. times and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was becoming a hot spot. You heard yeah. about it, yeah. you know. Uh, I was living in Queens then, and people were like, "Oh yeah, there's this place A7 and a lot of, yeah. you know." Everybody was like, "Yeah, you got to check it out." Yeah, it was mainly a re you know a rehearsal room, you know, for the most part. That's you yeah, know, yeah. That's, and know, that's when that neighborhood was dicey. And that's when, yeah, people did not want to go down there. People did not want to go down there. Yep, yep. A Avenue A was assault. Avenue B stood for battery. Yeah. Avenue C was crazy, and Avenue D was you're dead. dead. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they called yeah. it. Okay, so through the 80s, the early part of the 80s, you released uh, some singles. Uh, you had an album in 87 called Never Say Die. Now, it was out of that album that you kind of got the Act Your Rage music, right? That Some of that? Well, yeah, what that was was that was kind of like um, this, this, this label in Germany wanted to do something with us. And so I just gave him like the first two 45s. I gave him Nine Toes Later and I gave him... Um, I gave Nine Toes Later, uh, Verbal Abuse, and right. Never Say Die. Right. And they, they really, that was released in Germany as like a mini LP. Right. And Never Say Die and In 84 were part of the sessions that eventually became the Actor Age session. Wow. Well, now, you've gone through some different lineups during, that, during yeah. those times as well. But when you recorded Actor Age, which is now on its uh, 30th anniversary, yeah. Okay, yeah. um, you did a lot of the music yourself. Okay, you played guitar, you played bass, yeah. you obviously sang. On the original one, I did yeah. everything but the drums. But the drums, yeah. you brought in a few different people. And, for and that. the sax. Right, 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 right. Now, Eve of Destruction is a, a song that always stood out for me on that on that album. Uh, I always liked the original. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Thunders used to do it. Okay, and and you did it. Why did you pick that song? Just curious. A friend of mine has suggested it to me. Yeah. You know, never never would have occurred to me, but he had suggested it to me, so, you know, and he kind of thought I would, you know, punk it up, you know, but I said, and no, that's did. a song, that's a song, it's got to be kept, like, true to the same, to mm -hmm. the original feel, so I wanted to keep it, you know, I didn't want to speed it up, you know, right. I think he's did a very sped up version of yeah. it. Yeah, they but did, yeah, yeah. I felt it was a serious, you know, it's a serious song, so you don't want to make it sound like a joke. Right. So, I just wanted to give it more energy and just kind of, like, you know, build it, you know, and that's, uh... Now we're seeing the 30th uh, anniversary of that. Yeah. Right? You, you've been working on something special for the 30th anniversary yeah. of that. We want to talk about yeah, that a little have, bit? Yeah, we have, yeah. Um, well, uh, maybe Diana can help with okay. some of that, because uh, she's really been, like, you know, main, you know, very instrumental in, like, 
you know, getting some people to, to come on is so. Uh, it was actually Joe's idea. It was really? Joe's idea initially. Yeah. Joe suggested yeah. it, yeah, because well, we hadn't even thought of it. To do a remake, he said, do it a, an anniversary issue. Mm-hmm. And he was the one that sparked it. And then we ended up doing, um, we did a, a show in Florida. What was that? With, um, with Tom. Yeah, we did. A, it was like a, like a, um, like a music industry conference. Okay. Um, I can't remember what it's called now, but our, our manager, Tom Hazard, was uh, doing it. He's, um, he's partners with uh, Dave Ellison. Yeah. Megadeth. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, and we got to talk to some of the guys down there about, like, guesting on it. Because he wanted to do, the like, the original. Yeah. And then have a, a reissue with, you know, all mm-hmm. guest people. The idea is like a, like a double album. Right. Right, with the original, the way it right. was re- remastered, I guess, right? Yeah. And then... You would have guest, you know, guest appearances on each. Right. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That's, yeah. that's great. Yeah, get, get, yeah. Me, I'm on it. <laughs> I, I, I need to. I, I need to I, get I, that. I, 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 I helped sing Radfink. Yeah. <laughs> sing Radfink. And Rick Rivets is on there too. Yeah. Uh, he laid down the guitar for Eve of Destruction. Yeah. That was a great day. Oh, that, that was, was, awesome. was a great yeah. day. Awesome. So yeah. we had a lot we of fun in there, man. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, my friend. Um. Now we got to get to something a little more current. Okay. Good. The boat. The boat, the SS Morticia. SS okay. Morticia. Okay. You guys family. just bought this sailboat recently, <laughs> in the last couple of months. Yeah. What made you do that? Go for it, baby. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> I lived on a boat years ago, yeah. and uh, it was ironic because I had just had eye surgery, and I asked Bobby to go in and get me a, an eye patch. I had laser surgery done with uh-huh. her torn retina. And he came walking out, instead of with a regular brown patch, he came out with a black pirate, pirate, pirate patch. patch. <laughs> so he had that thing on, and Sweaty Mac actually um, sent me a Facebook message, and he goes, you got to get this boat. Yeah. And it's a pirate boat. Yeah. And I said, are you kidding me? I said, I'm, I'm walking around with a pirate patch, and you just send me this. I go, mate, this is a sign. It's a sign, yeah. So we actually went down to uh, Virginia to look at this thing. It was, it was awesome. It was like 46 foot. Yeah. It was a powerboat, and um, the guy had it rigged to look like a pirate ship. So we were gonna keep it down there and maybe play once a month or something down there. And right. the guy was gonna make this, you know, cool restaurant down there. So that didn't pan out so well. So you know, when we got down there, we realized the boat needed—it really wasn't what we wanted. Seaworthy. Yeah, it hadn't been out of, out of the water in years. But yeah. anyway, so um, we said no to that. But I asked one of the guys there that had a sailboat. I said. Can you put Bobby on there? Because I really want to get him into this. Yeah, yeah. He went in it and he looked around and he goes, this is, this is kind of cool. So when we came back, I go, can we start looking at sailboats? <laughs> and we went as far as um, Canada. Yeah, we went yeah. to Montreal yeah. looking at Montreal I remember looking you went up there. Wow. Yeah, 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 a couple yeah. of trips up to Massachusetts. We looked, right. we looked every weekend. We were pretty much looking at boats. And uh, we found this one up in Salem, Massachusetts. And the guy was amazing great guy loved the boat didn't want it like sold it with a tear in his eye yeah wow. and it was a really good price taken care of and a friend of ours was going to bring it down for us that didn't work out so now we had the boat on a mooring and we had to get it down here three days yeah. you know worth of uh sailing down to here <laughs> in nyack so we, we really lucked out we found an amazing person stephanie yes and she uh, came with us with two other people so there was five adults and one dog because once they came with us and on this boat and about three days 57 hours i think it took us day and night wow and we brought it here and basically are trying to live on it 
that was an experience. Yeah. So, so, but it's called decluttering. Yes. <laughs> because we keep teasing now because yeah. I keep saying the same words. We need a bigger boat. We need a bigger <laughs> boat. <laughs> I got a lot of Halloween stuff that just ain't gonna fit on here. Life-size uh, headless horsemen and stuff that just oh, yeah. ain't gonna fit. Yeah. So, but but you're 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 really gonna be living on this boat full yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's, that's our goal. Yeah, that's our goal. Yeah. That's Absolutely amazing. love it. You that know, is amazing. I think the kids thought we were crazy, and and um, Boy, but until our, nice. our son came out here and he goes, oh, this isn't a boat. This is a tiny house. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's no different it's than a tiny house, but it's on the water. Yeah, it's on the water. And we can move it. Right. Without, you know. Right, 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 right. For free with just air. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> That's so, great. Well, if we knew what we were doing, we could take it like on vacations to the Caribbean or Bermuda, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, I just, I, I mean, I mean, I just want to say to you too, you know, it's like, it's amazing that, that, that you have your whole life, you know, you, you really kind of battled these, you know, your disability and, and uh, things that happened to you and you still had this awesome career, okay? And you still got balls, okay? I mean, you bought this boat, okay? <laughs> really, no, really. I mean, I mean, I'm not gushing about it, but I'm just saying it's amazing. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I don't have the balls. Well, you, you I'm know? hoping you will, because I think there's a spot out I, there somewhere. You mentioned that, and I am going to seriously <laughs> think about it. I might be your neighbor. Won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> Diana's got this, like, comforting thing about her that, like, you know... I can drop my caution because yeah. Diane is just like she's got her way. I mean, when we were going like looking at these boats, these boats are like not in the water when we're looking at them. They're on the hard and they're on these like these stilts that are holding, keeping <laughs> holding it, it up, tipping over. Yeah. And you got to climb these ladders like 15 feet up. I've got ladder anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> oh I, man, I'm okay going up a ladder, coming down, but coming, coming back down. down, getting onto the ladder and coming back down. I could never do that. And here we are now, we're going to look at these boats. <laughs> and I'm climbing up these ladders, yes. and I'm coming down these ladders and stuff. And finally, after doing it a few times, I told Dan, you know, I think I'm getting over my ladder anxiety. I, she never I knew would never, it. I would never even think you had it the way I saw you walking all over this sometimes, boat last time. Sometimes these yeah. ladders would be like, yeah. not like really safely like attached to the boats. And we're going up and down these things. And you know, it was, I mean, it, I never would have done it if it wasn't for Diana. I yeah. never would have had the nerve to There was another boat we looked at, too, that was on a, a slip, but it was about, literally, I'd oh, say yeah. it was this wide. It was a finger, you know, that snap to get out to the boat. And he's walking on it. And you almost feel like you're walking on, you know those, um, when you were a kid and there was a, a, a river and you'd cross the tree trunk? Right. That's almost what it felt like getting to this boat. And oh he God. was doing that. Was I was like, it. oh, what am I doing? But I, he did it. Yeah. I used to do that. When I was a kid, we used to do like a lot of that, like walking across like it's yeah. just different when you're a kid though i mean yeah. he already yeah. broke so his like, hip you know, and i was doing all this that's hip. right i was doing all this with a with a broken hip yeah so. fractured well yeah that's the thing i mean you guys did a west coast uh trip i think we were in february you did the january yeah. to february yeah. you did yeah. that and and right after christmas you had fallen in your house yeah. and broke yeah. your hip yeah and uh you know, you, you got well enough and the doctor gave you the green light. You yeah. did the trip. Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly. Yeah. Like, yeah, only yeah. If you promise, every two hours you'll get out and walk around the car. Like, right. Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, you, you drove out to California. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a road trip. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, you it was guys... It's worse have... coming back because yeah. the other guys flew. We drove back and yes. around Texas, he got, got really flu. sick. Yeah, yeah you... Right. That, that you guys was caught crazy. Cold. Yeah. I remember that. But we did stop... Yeah. 
and stood on, we were standing on the corner of Winslow, Arizona. Yeah. We did that little tour <laughs> thing. We stopped over at uh, Alice Cooper's um, The yeah. Rock. The, yeah. museum, oh, the, the, the school he has. The, the school, rock school yeah. he has. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got yeah. to meet the kids in there and saw what he was doing yeah. there. So it was worth it. Oh, and then we got to meet, um, or I got to meet, you hadn't met him already. Yeah. Um, Tears on a Pillow, the Brian song. Brian Denicky's parents. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Visited wow. Them, yeah. yeah. Okay. We got to meet them and hang out, and that was amazing. Yeah. yeah. We asked them, like, is there anything cool to, like, check out around here? And they directed us. Cadillac Ranch. There's, uh, well, we saw the Cadillac, but they, also, they directed us to, uh, it's the second biggest canyon in the world. Only Grand Canyon is bigger. And okay. I can't remember what it was called now, but, like. <laughs> you should have heard it screaming. We're, we're driving down that thing, and, I mean, it is scary. And I was just like, whoa. I mean, yeah. what's the state of that? Texas. Texas. Yeah, it's like narrow, and you can't turn around. And yeah, you just gotta keep going down and down and down. <laughs> it's just like such a. Scary but it made it a fun ride. trip. Yeah. As far as the uh, the act your age uh, new version that's coming out. Any, any oh yeah, idea you didn't when, even any, name any, any of the players. Any, any idea on when it. that's coming? Yeah, we'll talk about it next yeah. year. Next year, you think? Okay, yeah. it's next supposed year. to be this year. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Now, you know, just to just to get back to that yeah. for a second, uh, my you know Rick Rivets is on guitar for Eva Destruction. Who else you got? We got uh, Bumblefoot. Best, he's, I think he's probably best known for his work with Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Dave, uh, Dave Ellison from Megadeth. Um, Tim got, Capello. Tim Capello, who worked with like Tina Turner. He was the a sax Boys. player with Lost Boys. Yes. Wow. Yes, yes. Star. Right. Um, um, we got Al Alex Story from Doyle and uh, yeah. Cancer Slug. Uh -huh. uh, we got Argyle Goolsby. Love him. Okay. Um, he's amazing. We got this uh, this local friend of ours, Paula Scola, who's like this amazing guitar player and singer. Yeah, who... I was in a band with him, Iron Cobra. You gotta check it out. Yeah, all right. Really, really cool. band, fun. Yeah. Cool. But his originals, his originals are, are great. Yeah, we keep yeah. trying to push him to, to do more of his originals because his stuff is just like, I mean. Amazing. I mean, he, he could have been Motley Crue. He could have been any of those yeah, bands, you know. There. You yeah. know, and, you know, we, we keep telling him that there's there's a big appeal for that kind of stuff. You see those, those you know, hair metal bands coming out yeah. now doing their reunion tours, but being an oldies act, right. I said, he's got that He's got that same thing, but it's all new music, so it's kind of like, we really think people would be hungry for yeah. it. And if he just got out there and gave it, took a chance with it, he would be like huge. Yeah. I, I think, you know, and I, I talk to a lot of bands and people would play music, and uh, my impression is, is that there's, there is a hunger for new bands, new music, yeah. not not the stuff you're hearing on the radio, yeah. Yeah. auto tuned and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm talking yeah. about people really playing. Yeah. I think the big problem is just not a lot of places to play. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. At least in Without New York City. Tickets. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and you know to think of it like a going back to the 70s, a scene like that could never happen again in New York City. Yeah. Because it's too expensive. It's too expensive. Yeah. It's too different now. It's totally different. But it has to happen somewhere. It has yeah. to come yeah. back. It's gonna be like a cycle. We're gonna see it again. Yeah, you know. But so your album's yeah, coming out. Yeah. Greg Hudson. Oh yeah, Greg Hudson from oh. uh, Bad Religion is on. Oh, okay, oh. okay. They just uh, played recently. You know so. what they play at Webster Hall? The new Webster Hall. They played not too long ago. Yeah. I was um. Was it Webster Hall I, or Gramercy? No, they play. They play Webster Hall because okay. I'm working at Bar None. Yeah. And I see all these guys come in with Bad Religion, right, and right, I'm right. like. Are they uh, playing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, you know what it is? You don't even hear about the show. They just I came saw on, something. I didn't on, see any. I didn't even yeah, know. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of press for it. I saw I, something on Facebook. That was about yeah, it. I would have yeah. tried a guy like I would have tried oh, yeah, a guy that. Uh, Mr. Jim from the Misfits is going to do some drums. Okay. Uh, oh, and wow. also right now, uh, Steve Garvey from the Buzz Pops is. Uh, oh no my God! What track is he doing? He's doing uh, Eve of Destruction, 
and uh, in '84. Oh, yeah. awesome! Wow. Yeah. Oh, and coaching commander Matt Witt. Okay. Yeah, yeah coaching commander. They're a band. They're a great band. <laughs> super talented. We're just, super talented. We're doing band. Uh, yeah the way we behave, but just just him alone. No, no backing yeah. band. He doesn't need him any, alone. No, it's no. Just, he's all good by himself. So yeah. yeah, coaching commando. So. While we're waiting for the album to come out next year, we hope it's in January because we can't wait that long. Oh, it'll probably be like more like April or May. Okay, that's good. April in, or May. In, in the meantime, there's some live shows coming up I just yep. want to mention. Uh, September 26th, I know you're playing the Bowery Electric. Yes. Okay. Uh, I gotta, I gotta get that show. I gotta get tickets for that show. I definitely gotta go. Around. Yeah, yeah, we'll make that show. I think it's yeah. a Thursday or something yeah. like that, right? So yeah. I'll make that. Before that, I think we're playing. Oh, yeah, we're playing uh, the thirteenth. Oh, the twenty second. Oh yeah, September thirteenth. We're going to be in uh, in Green Bay. Okay. There with uh, Channel Three. Right, right. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Green Bay, Wisconsin. Right. And uh, yeah, then the the twenty second will be at the uh, Debonair Music Hall in Englewood, uh, New Jersey. Okay. And then the twenty sixth at Bowery Electric. Yep. I got you guys. Uh, October. 20, October, well, October 18th and 19th, you're going to be at the Snub Festival, right? Uh, well, the 18th, we're going to be at the Snub Festival. Just the 18th? At, at the, yeah, the pie shop in uh, okay. D.C. Okay, and then I got you Friday the 25th at Blackthorn 51 in Queens. Right. I will be at that show for sure. That's always a great place to Oh, play. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, okay, I just want to thank you both for coming on. Thank you, guys. Uh, it's, been, it's been an honor and a pleasure, and you guys are great. So... Remember the whole and thing? happy early birthday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank, you. thank you. We actually thank had you. a great party at International. I, I was like, oh, no, I missed it. It's, oh, it was it's really, no, it was fun. Tomorrow. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow is his birthday, the official 50th birthday. Right. 50 um, a mic, a rock a mic. 50 years of rock a mic shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep, Let's hope for another is. 50 more. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be here. Well, I'll be up. here. Locked <laughs> up. Did you get me locked up? So, Bobby, thank you. Like, hey. I, I, I geeked out for a little bit with seeing you. It was like, Diane, thank you. And Wednesday, Wednesday, it was, she gets his pop. Asleep. She got <laughs> That means she feels very relaxed, Dan. Like oh, she does on the boat, she just falls asleep. All right, yeah. so oh, people, like every other show, how we end it? Don't get, get drunk, drunk, get, get lumped up. up. Thank you, and have a great day. All right, yeah, we're You'll done. Fall you sleeping back there?